On September 5th, 2020, a small group of protesters walked from a demonstration at the police station on Walnut Street in Wilmington up 4th Street to Market, where they met a police line. During the over-hour-long confrontation, two people in the group were arrested. One was a 14-year-old boy. Today, our friend and comrade, Monique Fagans, joins me to discuss this incident. Monique was there. This is a very unique Highlands Bunker podcast episode, folks. While it is available to you all, free as usual, it is being produced specifically for one person, Delaware Attorney General Kathleen Jennings. In the interest of justice, uh, fairness, common sense, and general decency, any and all these charges pending from this incident should be dropped immediately. I think we're going, as we talk about it, we're going to make that abundantly clear. So um, let's get into it. Hey, Monique, what's up? Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm well. Um, just doing the things I need to get done and getting Simba's case, um, getting these charges dropped is like the number one priority I have. Yeah, for real. So it occurred to me when we spoke last week that I don't really know all the details about this. I, I actually wasn't there. And so... I've spoken to people and I've read the news, but I haven't gotten a sort of a blow by blow. So um, walk us through it. So we started off um, as any protest normally does. We start off like together. We meet up together and brief um, and we go to Wilmington Police Station to protest um, against the um, super predator Joe Marino. Marino is his name, the officer. Um, and his brutality that he's been demonstrating in the city and the chaos that he has been creating in the city. So it was a peaceful protest, um, a peaceful demonstration. And we decided to, you know, walk up towards up 4th Street towards Market, which is in our constitutional rights to do that. Um, and as we walked towards um, 4th and Market to patron, you know, Black-owned restaurants, like there's all these different things we can do after we do a demonstration, like we're hungry, we're thirsty, like we're allowed to spend our money on Market Street, no matter in what, whatever capacity we wish to. Um, so then the police decided that it was um, the best idea to block off the street from anyone who looked like a demonstrator from earlier. At the same time, they're letting other people who may look a little different walk past. So they're legally blocking the sidewalk, and we were on the sidewalk, so they're legally blocking the sidewalk, which then escalated the situation and increased the danger to, you know, us as citizens, and it pushed us into the street. Yeah, let me, let me, uh, there's two important things I want to hit on here, and I'm going to make sure that um, they're clear. So of the amount, of the people who were at the demonstration at the police station, not all of them were coming up 4th Street to market. It looked like it was only maybe a couple dozen, maybe a dozen. I, I don't know. What Do you know around how many? Um, Less like less than a dozen, I want to say. Okay. Give or take um, a couple. Yeah, I mean, when you see photos, the, the there, there's no, like, you know, it's just person to person. There's there's not, like, a lot of people deep or anything. Right. And the other, and the other thing I wanted to make sure is, is uh, originally it wasn't as if, 
this was part of the demonstration. You were going to march down the middle of Market Street. You were walking down the sidewalk on Market Street. Yes. Uh, but you were blocked from going down Market Street. However, uh, other 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 people who were uh, other people were able to get by who were deemed not part of this action. I guess whoever passed the, their 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 test, whatever test that the police had that said, okay, these people look. Like they can go by. These people can't. I don't, I'm not equipped with like that training or knowledge, but I guess there was a test that they have that. Yeah. And, and I, I and I don't think, um, you know, this has been documented and I went back and read, um, you know, some of the documentation for the different actions that happened during the summer. Um, some of the big ones, some of the small ones. Um, a lot of them I was, I was at. Um, so I, I know that first and foremost, um, if possible, the 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 shops and the restaurants on Market Street are going to be protected as if, um, you know, as if it were a life. Uh, they are not going to let any, uh, and and frankly, you know, I know that they don't want even a demonstration going down the street. Um, but I'm extremely concerned that it wasn't allowed to proceed. I think it should have been allowed to proceed because it was nonviolent. Uh, but even it, but even if they deemed uh, it to be a, a problem. I don't understand this idea, like you said, of, of being able to implement some something of, of letting some people through th through some idea and not others. So obviously, obviously now we're in. A, we're, this is all happening at this line at Fourth and Market, right? And the, and the situation gets uh, gets tense. Uh, so how how long were you there before it really started to get tense? And how long until there was um, any activity that would lead to anybody's arrest? I would say like probably like 15 to 20 minutes. I mean, time isn't real when you're in these moments, like it slows down, it speeds up. Like, you know, next thing you know, it's dark. You really know when it gets dark, but I was maybe 15 to 20 minutes. And what happened was they formed this line and they all had like their hands on their guns or on their tasers as if they weren't violating our first amendment rights in the first place by letting us, you know, freely walk and use our voice and freedom of speech and the freedom to protest and all of that, even if we were protesting or it doesn't matter, like it was, they violated and they acted lawlessly. Um, so then um, we're upset that our rights are being violated and, you know, horns are honking. People are starting to come out and gather that aren't a part of the protest. Everyone's filming. Some people, they blocked off a block of the street. So now people are in the middle of um, the street, like just um, normies and people that weren't a part of the protest because they want to know what's up. And then um, that's when um, Simba was like, what if I speak your language, you white supremacist, Trump 2020, Trump 2020. And then um, that's when the horn started honking at the same time in support of whatever was going on. Like, you know how the horns honk and then that's support. Yeah. Um, typically, most times. Um, then that's when the James Roy showed his fragility. And I guess the noises and the words that Simba had said, he then, James Roy then pushed the megaphone into Simba's face, grabbed it, slammed Simba down. Simba hit the back of his head on the pole. And then in the chaos, the police like kind of swarmed and then Another um, person got arrested because you know how they, they try to intimidate by arresting two people. 
And um, now Simba has been kidnapped and he's 14. I'm completely responsible for this child. And then, um, but, and then um, they take him away and they take Mace away. So then now it's a, it's a new battle. We have to start. So, uh, so that one officer, it sounds like, and, and there are some photos of this, of just like bullhorns across from the line. So there's like yelling at the cops, yelling behind you. This is common, sort of common stuff, especially if the police are going to sort of instigate uh, by saying you can't go down Market Street or you can't do this or you can't do that. Um, that's a, that's, a, you know, that's an instigation. Right. They incited and um, they agitated. Yeah. So, uh, so is it, it, it seems to, it, the way it was reported and the way that it looks and, and based on the story, it's just sort of like at some point they were just not wanting to get yelled at in their face and just sort of like a, uh, a du- there's a dust up and then a couple people have to be arrested. I mean, that's the way it sounds to me. I, I would be, you know, if, if I have that wrong or you don't think that that's right, that's the way I, I frame it. Like, it, it looks like the cops sort of, I mean, the only, nobody was necessarily um, not listening to their demands. Like, nobody was trying to break the line. Uh, nobody made contact with the cops, as far as I have known or could tell. It was even reported in the in the news journal was a police officer didn't like getting yelled at with a bullhorn or the bullhorn was too close to them or something like that. Now that's, 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 that's pretty weak. That's pretty, that's very weak. There's no legal basis for blocking, blocking the street to begin with. And I'll repeat that. Like there was no legal basis for them to be blocking the street to begin with. And they cannot like suppress the voice of a protester because that is our first amendment right. So they are all out of line in every aspect. They are out of order. They're lawless. Everything they did was problematic and harmful to the people that they're supposed to be serving. And what they did was they protected property at the expense of like humanity and, and at the expense of Simba to make some sort of example. So... Um, it, now Simba's arrested and um, Warren is arrested. So I'm using social media and I'm using like all the connections I've made because Simba and I have marched from Delaware to DC together. And um, he's a person that people know about. So like everyone's seeing it on my Facebook and um, there's some freedom fighters that helped, Lawyers Guild that helped, um, everyone's showing up. And five and a half hours later, I ended up getting legal guardianship and custodianship of Simba because if I hadn't, he wouldn't have gone into CPS and then juvenile detention at the time. Um, and the best thing was to get his, get him free. So let, let's just cover that a little bit because I don't think people really understand the, and, and, and the reason I want to cover this a little bit is I was talking to a few activists who are, who are considering writing some stories to demonstrate this. Um, the difficulty there is just from an administrative standpoint to keep somebody out of that pipeline, to keep them out of the system. So you go to the police station where I, I guess he's going to be booked and some decision is going to be made about how he can possibly be released as a 14-year-old boy. Um, what sort of steps did you have to do and find out to... And was there bail set? Like, how difficult... It sounds like a pretty arduous process. I mean, you're there six hours, so... 
I, I'm just interested in that process a little bit. So we had comrades that knew offsets and like new procedures and jail support. Like, thank God we had people like that knew their lanes and then it kind of everyone's skill sets kind of felt and together. So like, as we were there, um, they wouldn't give me any information about this minor and some as a minor. Right. And so I'm waiting, 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 very like treated like trash almost um, just to show sign of life. So I would, would not get sign of life. Um, then we had to get his um, mom on the phone so then we can get custody to me and she's hands over legal guardianship to me. And then um, the NCAA, right? Um, it's the NCAA. NAACP. NAACP. Um, the president came, I think they call him Mouse. Um, and, you know, that's when Kobe Owens came and Keith came. And, um, you know, we're all trying to get this kid out and I'm like the best way we can do this is if I get custody of him and that way it can happen right now and it's better than him going to being a part of the system and getting lost in that system because I can break a child and if I could prevent a child from like being disrupted and you know give a child a second chance if guardianship is what signing a paper is what I have to do it's what I had to do and I met somebody eight months ago it's crazy like we met eight months ago um, during the initial start of the uprisings um, with George Floyd. So the police were kind of taken aback that like I would take this type of responsibility. They were like, wait a minute. Like, you know what I mean? Like, wait. And like, we got the custody. Then he was released. Simba was released at the same time, five and a half hours later. They went through two lawyers because like, I think the first lawyer... Um, I had a bad intuitive feeling and then we got another lawyer, but, um, and they came, you know, on the dime, like, you know, I appreciate them coming um, out, especially on a, I think it was a Saturday or Sunday and it was a week after our March. So I had given Simba like a little bit more space than I typically do when we were marching, like on the highway, like going across the States and stuff. And um, that, because we were in our home state, I thought it was safe. Um, I thought that like, you know, we had the community, like, you know, it wasn't just me and him and the most dangerous thing that happened, happened in our, in our own state. And we marched 99 miles and like, we did get kettled in Elkton, but after that, we saw the most danger in our own state by our own Wilmington PD. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, I don't want to, um, I don't want to get into too many details, but uh, Simba himself, um, how how he's doing now? Um, how's his uh, how's this uh, you know his schooling? Um, how's his mental health? And uh, and then once we do that, we can talk about sort of what charges he faces and what his legal situation is right now. Okay, so Simba is like doing incredible. Um, he has a four point. Five GPA, I think it is right now. It was a four point two. He's an AP, so he gets to extra AP uh, goodies too, huh? Yeah, he's brilliant. He um, he is vice president of his um, like black student union at his school um, or minority student union. He's vice president of his minority student union. He has a four point five GPA, and he goes to the number three school in the um, 
state. So he's thriving. Like he is writing. He's an incredible writer. He's archiving his thoughts. Like he loves school. He loves activities. And a part of like his charges is like they suppress his ability to do all these activities and it suppresses his voice because he wants to grow up and be a civil rights lawyer. And he's been peacefully a part of this history, like since George Floyd and, you know, this uprising, um, he's been a part of it the whole entire time in Delaware. And for, and he's been a part of Food Not Bombs. So for them to put him on a kind of pseudo house arrest with no anklet, like he's not allowed to leave the house without a legal guardian. And the Market Street, a street has a restraining order against a 14 year old child. So um, the suppression, I more worry about him more than he probably is worried, but he's like really good. Like he's funny. Like he knows that this is bigger than him and this is um, wrong kid, but right kid. Like, you know what I mean? Like he knows like that this is, he's just one example of children being overcharged not having the support system and the resources then taking a deal to just end it and then ending up being a product of the system and end up contributing to the pipeline to prisons. And yeah, that's, of- that's the, that's the thing that I'm so uh, concerned about is so his, his, the next hearing, the pretrial hearing is in a, a week's 10 days time, 25th of February. Is that right? Uh, yes. And how, what are the charges that he is 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 facing at that hearing? So after James Roy assaulted, beat, and kidnapped this child, um, they found it appropriate, and the power, and they, I mean, by Kathleen Jennings, Chief Tracy, and Mayor Perzicki, found it appropriate to charge a fourteen-year-old for three three charges. Like one's a felony; it's assault on an officer. It is resisting arrest. It is um, noise violation, disorderly conduct. To charge this child, four, or six, a 14-year-old, 16 years, is, is, is beyond my level of comprehension. Um, he has no priors. Not that that matters. He didn't do anything. That matters. And he's a great student. Not that that matters. Irrelevant. But... It could be anyone's 14-year-old that's being overcharged. Yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about something needs to be done. A lot of these stories fall um, fall through the cracks. Um, you know, we talked about some that we've worked on together, uh, like the cop who shot uh, Yahim Harris in the back running away when he was unarmed. At least, you know, we got a, a decent result. But, I mean, there was a, another boy who was in, in prison. Uh, but we have Ricardo Hilton, who was just, you know, there was no there was no video of that. So I guess, you know, we just have to accept that they killed him. You know, uh, Bam McDowell was in a wheelchair and there was video of it. So that at least gets, you know, the the attention it deserves. Uh, but we have uh, Jabri Hunter, who the cops startled in his car uh, downtown, who, you know, gets gets shot just because he is we don't know much about that. We have county pol- county police just last month, you know, w- w- based, another startling somebody sleeping in their car, cornering them, and then saying they're scared and, and, and killing him. County police in the city, in Riverside. 
So you know all of these incidents that whether it's whether it's just a, a dust up at a, at a protest line and trying to treat a little kid like a like a criminal, uh, or just over policing and 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 and, and you know and, and doing deadly violence. Uh, a lot. I I don't want any of this stuff to go. Um, I don't want it to be ignored. It can't be ignored anymore. It, it it's no longer going to be ignored anymore. And you know the people. Like this is the, like the people's child right now. Like I didn't go into this thinking like I would end up with a 14 year old that's going to be with me probably for the rest of my life. I just did the right thing in the right time to prevent this child from being a product of the system. And it's up to everyone to like be fed up about it. And which is why I'm, I'm kind of excited that it was Simba and Simba was attached to me, which then like, we build our community and like people are standing up like this is not going to slide under the rug like all these extenuating circumstances like enough like there's going to be accountability if not like abolish the police abolish this system because it does not work and to cover up whatever you know history James Roy has and Chief Tracy have to make an example out of this kid because there was an error and a fault on the police. There's no extenuating circumstance. Like Simba's alive, thank God. You know what I mean? Simba didn't get shot, like luckily, um, or whatever you believe in. But that doesn't mean his life is any less valuable. So it also comes to the community organizers that are like getting all these awards and you know they just got off their campaigns to stand up for this child. Because that's the community like that that they serve. And if they're servants of the people, then they need to stand up and say something about Simba. And I'm not sure as to why they aren't. So now it's just everyday people that need to stand up and defend this child because it could be any one of our childs. Like it's not this one is not, it's not political, it's not our agenda. It's like every decision we make has to be in Simba's best interest. And the outcome has to be like the most positive, probable outcome for his future because he deserves one and he deserves to have someone fight for him. Absolutely. I think now's a good time to mention two things. Uh, I did reach out to the county executive, Matt Meyer, about the situation on Riverside. Um, that is being, you know, I, I understand he can't make a comment on it because it's being investigated by the attorney general's office. That's fine. I did talk to the attorney general's office about not only that incident, um, but this incident as well. Um, Matt Marshall, the attorney general spokesperson, did say that that what they will be able to release um, from a body cam and dash cam situation on the incident in Riverside, uh, I think will be released through the Division of Civil Rights and Public Trust when the report comes out. So I'm 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 interested to to see how much information we can get from that investigation. Uh, but obviously this is another, <clears throat> they, they could not comment on Simba's case. Um, I, I understand from a legal standpoint why that is. However, I spoke to A.G. Jennings here on the podcast. We talked about, you know, the need for the Cop Bill of Rights for reform. Frankly, the Cop Bill of Rights should be fully repealed. There's precedence for that, as a matter of fact, and I'll be talking to uh, some folks from the Office of Defense Services to talk about just that this week later on. But political and community leaders decry the school-to-prison pipeline. They talk about it in, in theory, in the abstract. 
This is the opportunity to do something about it, to stop talking in abstractions and theoretically, stop deflecting the conversation to what you can't do or what the cop bill of rights prevents you from doing. What you can do is drop these charges today and be done with it. I, I look at this very similar uh, to uh, the way I look at the incident in outside of Dover during the during the height of the Black Lives Matter protests in, in, in 13 and the meat grass median. There was a dust up. I think. Yeah, Dover, a, a Dover Post a photographer was arrested in that. And, and that, you know, both sides weren't happy with the result, but I think cooler heads prevailed and it was dropped. I don't I don't see any reason at all for any legal any further legal issues with this with this case with Simba uh, from the from the fifth of September, absolutely zero, and I hope that um, the AG will consider this and and do the right thing and show people that yeah the, the school to prison pipeline can be stopped. It doesn't have to be this way, you know. I, I, I it, it it simply does not have to be this way. We have it on video, Kathleen. And we have, we have our evidence in order and all we want is for charges to be dropped so Simba can move on and the trauma can stop and he can live his life and thrive and then and be, become who he's supposed to become. And all of this is unnecessary. It's an unnecessary spend of resources. Um, and it's this unnecessary trauma that this 14-year-old doesn't deserve. He was overcharged for charged 16 years as a 14 year old more years than he's been alive for something he did not do and we're not going to take like anything less than drop the charges and let's save and spare the city any more embarrassment absolutely agree absolutely agree monique thanks for coming on and doing this uh we're going to put this out as soon as we can um I think it's I think it's just incredibly important. I think it's yeah it, it fits into a longer uh, it fits into a a, a, a way bigger uh, thing that we're you know project that we're trying to do. Uh, but I hope that people really sort of understand what's going on here. You know what this what the Wilmington Police Department and what Mayor Przicki and Chief Tracy are trying to do, because I think it's pretty clear. You know, go over in your go over in your mind all of the incidents that you've read about uh, in Wilmington over the last two years with the, with the police. I'm not sure if someone is being protected, um, as, uh, like why something as silly as what happened on Fourth and Market September 5th is even a thing. Um, but something is happening that's problematic that I don't have the resources to figure out. And that's something that we should think about. If you look at the video, um, my page is underscore Monique Nicole underscore. It's on my Instagram. There's no reason why there isn't more anger and rage about these outrageous charges from community leaders and organizers unless there's something else. And I hope it's not something else. Yeah, I, I mean... Usually it's the most straightforward thing. Uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that the the police are going to protect, you know, Bardea and, you know, and, and Stitch House with their lives. We, we know that. Um, we, we, you know, 
We know that the, the, the mayor allows BPG security to walk up and down and protect their properties like a, like a, like a paramilitary force. Um, you know, we know downtown visions is, is, is snooping and snitching and, and, and coordinating with the police on their cameras. We know all that. So we, we, we know that's what they're out to do. Um, but, but as you said, I think we have to put these two things together. We can't allow that, that anymore. Right. And the last thing I wanted to say was, um, I'm willing to work with and open to working with anybody in any capacity to help Simba. So, you know, although I do have like my demands, those things can kind of go to side for Simba. So if there's people that are working with the police, I guess, or like working on those types of reforms, um, you can still reach out for Simba because it's about Simba. It's not about me and my beliefs or anyone's um, theory. It's just about these charges are buffoonery and they need to get dropped. And we should be doing everything in our capacity to do it and stand up because Simba's, life's ma- Simba's life matters, not just when he's dead. A black, black lives matter, not just when they die. Yes, absolutely. That's it. And, and this, is such a, this is such a stark example of it. We have we have a, a you know we have a, somebody who hasn't been ruined by the system we've put in place, you know we haven't. It's almost like a you know we were able to in real time like stop this uh, this atrocity from happening with somebody's life. You know, as I said before, it's really poignant to me because you know we talk about reading books and we talk about statistics and. I just I just read a, a very long. I haven't finished it yet. I, I read all. I'm reading all of the, the different documentation that got submitted to the subcommittee, who's looking at reform to the law officers, law enforcement officers' bill of rights, and I'm reading it and reading it, and 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 you know all the information is there, but here is a here is a real world example. You know this is not appropriate. It's not, and everyone talks so heavy. And everyone says they care, but everyone gets their FaceTime when there's a black there's a black person that loses their life there. But then when someone, a black person is alive, the, I guess it's the accountability or the follow through or, you know, there's things you have to do after when someone's still alive and facing like oppressive systems of colonization and capitalism. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I try not to get, you know, I try to bring that theory down into the real world because that's that's what's happening here. Um, this is this is uh, oppression, you know, police oppression, trying to make an example of people, trying to show people what is important, you know, what businesses are important, where capital is, who's important, like who who you know who makes the decisions and who doesn't. It's this is a, this is a. Uh, unfortunately, it's a, it's a it's a harrowing and, and sad example of it, but we can turn it. We have the we have it in our power to turn this around, and I and I and I I implore Attorney General Jennings to consider this greatly and 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 and, and drop these charges. That's all I can say. Yes, and all power to the people. And all power to the people, Monique. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you jumping on and doing this, and uh, I know I'll be working with you soon. Yes, yes. All right, be safe. Yep, left is best, everybody. Yes.